Welcome. You're listening to the 10 Minute Tuesday Talk podcast, a place where we engage practical issues through a theological lens. And I'm Stephanie Fermenti, the Chapel Associate for Discipleship. And I'm Hannah Bloomquist, the Resident Director of Andreas and the Student Apartments. And we hope that these conversations will lead us to wisdom and truth. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Before we get into our topic of conversation today, we thought we would just reveal which one of our three facts was actually a lie. So Hannah, do you want to go first? Yeah. So my lie was that my first major was opera. Uh, My first major was actually business and communication. And my second major was a voice major. Tricky. 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 Mm -hmm. My lie was that I have been on a safari. Um, I haven't been, although I did get to see some really great animals during our time in South Africa. That's cool. I'd love to go on safari one day. Um, so we will contact the winner via email. Um, our winner is Cami Messer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. And so we're going to deliver you a hand-delivered Starbucks. So yay you. Good job, Cami. All right, so the question we asked last week is, what does it mean that I don't have a date? And the reason we asked that is because as a college student, you are in a stage of life where you naturally start to entertain the idea of dating and marriage probably more than you ever have before. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It kind of makes sense. Um, But we do recognize that here at Covenant, this conversation on dating is just so prevalent Mm -hmm. to a point where it can actually be kind of unhelpful. Mm -hmm. And I think we even hear from students that there's this frustration of how we go about the conversation on dating and how often we talk about those who are dating to the point where those who are even in a relationship Mm -hmm. feel a little uncomfortable or like they're under this microscope. And so those who aren't dating can feel like they might be left out or doing something wrong. Um, But I think it's really important for us to address this because there's kind of this perception versus reality that we want to shed light on. Mm -hmm. I think we have this perception that everyone is dating when in reality, it's actually not true. Mm -hmm. And also this conversation is important because sometimes um, without even realizing it, our identity can be shaped by our relationship status. We can sort of start to absorb narratives about our worth and our value um, based on whether or not we have had a date in the past month or whether, you know, I got asked to haul date. Um, And these voices can be pretty powerful, especially when we let them swirl around in our head sort of unchecked or even when we confirm these things through what we see on social media or through what we hear in conversations on the hall. Yeah. And this is also just a difficult conversation because it can quickly become this us versus them Mm. conversation Mm -hmm. where... The single people talk about the dating people and vice versa. And we're not trying to elevate one above the other. In reality, we want to talk about this narrative and these different narratives that we have informed, um, that have informed us and our purposes behind singleness and dating so that we might dispel some of the lies that have led to a misunderstanding of what singleness means and what dating provides. Mm, It's really good. So our approach for each of these episodes this semester um, is to frame our conversation around two truths and a lie. So we need to start with the truth. Um, And the truth is that we were actually created for relationships. I think we know this. Um, We were created to be in relationship with God and with others. And that this is actually the Imago Dei. So part of being an image bearer of God is having the desire to know and be known and to love and be loved. And I think, I don't know, Hannah, I think this truth, though, is so important because it extends to every person, whether Mm -hmm. single, dating, married, even like divorced or widowed. It it 
extends across the whole gamut. Absolutely. And I agree. I mean, but we have to remember that due to sin, brokenness has entered in and affected the way that we understand and go about relationships. Um, So we do have to understand how this brokenness is making itself manifest in our lives. And so instead of maybe naming just one lie here, we're going to list off actually a couple of these lies and narratives um, that have come out of this question. And the question is, again, what does it mean that I don't have a date? Yes, and some of these lies come from some of the responses we received. So thanks to those of you who sent in feedback. Um, We really love reading those. And it was helpful to hear what you were thinking. And I also don't think we were really surprised um, because even those narratives that are particularly hard for you at the moment, I would bet have been or are are continually and even now a struggle for others Mm. too. Um, And I think that these lies are really common to so many of us. Yeah, and they're actually not really unfamiliar to both Stephanie and I. Mm. Uh, We've had to walk through these and maybe even currently still walk through just some of these narratives. Mm. Um, But a few themes that we heard were, um, number one, like, guys don't find me attractive, therefore I'm not attractive. Mm -hmm. Or I am unworthy or undesirable or not worth choosing. Mm -hmm. Um, Other girls are more unique or special than I am. Um, maybe this idea that if I've never had a date, maybe that means I need to reconsider my sexual identity or I'm not putting myself out there enough. Um, or one that Stephanie and I definitely have gotten (laughs) is I'm just too intimidating and my standards are too high. Mm. So when we dig down a little deeper behind some of these thoughts and narratives, we actually realize that there are some underlying theological beliefs about God or ourselves that are at play here. Um, behind these lies, we hear a misunderstanding of how we hold desire. Um, we def- hear a misunderstanding of who defines our identity and also like what our purpose and our end goals are. These narratives need to be informed by what we know to be true or maybe just informed by what we know but can so easily forget. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need to take a minute and remember and sort of reorient ourselves. Yeah, and so first I think it's important to realize that although the desire for a relationship is God created and, and it's a God created desire, mm. we are never actually guaranteed this fulfillment of the desire, especially this side of heaven. Mm. There are actually a lot of good desires that we hold that will go unmet. And yet God is still faithful and good. And so we kind of ask ourselves, well, then what do we do with that? Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> um, and when we, but when we fixate our energy on having one or two of our desires met, then we actually will miss out on the ways that Christ is working out his salvation in our lives and providing so many good things. Um, it can actually hinder gratitude and lead us to seek control. Hmm. It doesn't mean that we don't come to the Lord with our desires and longings and lay them before him. Actually, we should be coming to him rather than trying to seek control hmm. of our own desires and wield them and manipulate them for them to be fulfilled. But alongside of laying our petitions, um, we're able to recount places of gratitude. You can list out the ways that God has blessed and provided, met needs and desires. Um, and that actually just gives you a fuller perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and it grounds us in the fact that God is faithful, sovereign, and has a purpose and a plan in whatever relation sta- stat- relationship status we're in. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, whenever I do this, that my purpose here on earth truly is not to have my desires met. Oof. My purpose here on earth is to glorify God and then to go and make disciples of all natures. Um, So my purpose is to be a minister. Um, And I just remember a couple years ago, I was driving with a friend and I was kind of expressing some of my own struggles with singleness. And I was like, okay, so then like, what if the Lord doesn't provide a spouse? And like, am Mm. I just 
what if I am single the rest of my life? And I mean, she was so gentle and kind, but she's like, Hannah, you play a part in God's plan here on on earth to make his kingdom known. Mm -hmm. So it might mean for that to happen, you might need to be single your whole life. Mm -hmm. And that's good. And I mean, I don't know what God's plan is going to be for my life, Mm -hmm. but again, it's not for my own desires to be filled, but I'm supposed to live each day with this kingdom mindset. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I appreciate that so much because sometimes I think we hear a theological band-aid sort of Mm. applied to this topic. Um, When I hear women or I hear people say to single people um, who are holding, kind of holding these unmet desires, they they say, just find your identity in Christ. Mm. And I I do believe that this is important, but I think I sometimes just want to ask, like, what does that actually mean? How do Mm -hmm. we work that out in day-to-day life? Um, How does your finding your identity in Christ help you on a Friday night when you once again don't have a date. Hmm. How does this incredible truth hit home as you relate to others? Mm-hmm. And I think the identity, this idea of identity in scripture is actually really closely connected to kingdom, which you mentioned mm-hmm. just a second ago. Um, and what I mean by this is that, is that if we are children of God, if we have been born again mm-hmm. by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, then we have a new identity. Um, biblical writers mm-hmm. call us a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. It talks about being a part of the household of God. We are members of the body of Christ. We are siblings in a new family. So even though earthly relationships are important and valuable and worthwhile, they're actually meant to point us to truths that are even deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, like marriage is meant to help us in our finitude understand just how incredible the love of Christ is for his bride, the church. Friendships are meant to provide spaces to apply some of the one another commands, like love one another and pray for one another and rejoice with one another. Um, but I think when we give these relationships too much weight, we are giving weight to something that actually can't hold our deepest desires. Even yeah. the happiest of marriages have moments when one or both people realize that this person will never be able to always and forever make them happy. We are citizens of another kingdom. Yeah, so true. And so it's this idea that our identity um, as being members in both the household of God and as citizens of God's kingdom help us to understand that in Christ's life, his death and resurrection, we do not have to be enough or to look Mm. for another person to be enough to fill us, that we are already fully known and loved by God and that it's able to secure us from having to scramble to find a human relationship to meet that desire. Mm Mm-hmm. And this identity then allows us to better understand the goal of relationships. I know we all know this, but sometimes in the midst of everything, we actually start to creep a little towards believing that life actually begins when we find, quote unquote, the Mm -hmm. one. Um, This makes so much sense when we think about the movies we watch, Mm. Um, especially it's, you know, Hallmark Christmas movie series. And most of them are about this journey to find Mm. the guy who gives meaning and stability to life. Yeah. And it's so easy to fall mm-hmm. into this idea, especially in college. It seems like there are sort of like two boxes that women here fall into, um, or they feel like they fall mm. into. Either it's the, okay, I want to get married and be a mom box, or it's the, I'm focusing on my education to prepare for my career. And these boxes are not only rudimentary, but so unhelpful. They can yeah. actually create division and instead of unity. Um, I think we also sometimes believe this lie that if we don't find someone in college to marry, then it probably won't happen. Mm. And I remember at Moody, we would call it the senior scramble. (laughs) And it was this feeling of urgency and trying to find your spouse. And it was absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) I would get, I remember I graduated like 
and somebody was like, are you dating or married? I was like, no. And they're like, it's okay. I was like, (laughs) I know. Like, I feel really good. And that's the thing is like, it's okay. You will be okay. You will not die from being single, especially at Mm, 19. Absolutely. And like, I don't mean to trivialize, but there's there's so much hope and like Mm -hmm. goodness outside of just that not being met right now. Yes, absolutely. And really as women trying to discern our calling, as you know, primarily our calling is we are followers of Jesus. Um, so we should do our best to push push past the the either or categories and move towards the both and. Um, it is true that the gifts that God has given you now are the same ones you will have whether you are married with kids or single in the workspace, um, workforce. And every single one of us has gifts and abilities and interests that we are called to foster and steward. Now, it's true that it may not always look the way we think it will, um, but God doesn't give us these things to waste for us to waste them. Hmm. Right? It may mean that we find some gifts more utilized during certain seasons of life, but they are ne- not either defined, they are, yeah, they are neither defined nor extinguished by hmm. our relationship yeah. status. Life in the kingdom begins now. Um, it continues past marriage and family and whatever hmm. else God puts in our path. And it ultimately finds its greatest joy when it's fully realized in the person mm-hmm. of Jesus, when yeah. we're with him face to face. Amen to that. And and so that makes me ask, like, so what does this mean mm-hmm. for us? You know, how do we find contentment in this here and now and still hold that desire? And truly, truly, honestly, number one is to just pursue Jesus yeah. and to be in the word daily. I mean, I think sometimes we think, okay, well, I'll pursue the Lord when I like kind of have this genuine affection for him. Yeah. But that doesn't really work logic. We don't think of that with friends. Like right. we don't say, oh, I admire them. I'll wait for a genuine affection to like come about and then mm-hmm. I'll spend time with them. No, we like spend time, we get to know and that genuine affection arises and it actually is a greater passion mm-hmm. that takes over and breathes contentment into our life. And then number two is, is pursuing friendship and community in a biblical and holy way. Yeah. Um, but maybe pursuing those friends that actually speak truth um, into your life. Mm-hmm. You know, we ask that question of what's wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? Well, the reality is we're broken human beings. So there is something wrong with all of us. Yeah. There's something in us that's like a weakness or a place of... Always places for growth. Yeah, places yeah. for growth. Um, and so honestly, we should be seeking out places of sanctification and asking for a friend's feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't be motivated by, okay, I'll do this, then I'll get a relationship, but it actually should be motivated, motivated by us wanting to grow together. Yeah. And the beauty of the church too, is it provides a place for intergenerational friendships. Mm, And so sometimes we're so stuck in this 18 to 22 year old bubble where it does feel like everyone is dating or engaged or planning a wedding. And then you get out into the church and you realize Mm. like, there's actually just so much more to, to life than, than those, Mm -hmm. um, those thoughts and narratives all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think the last thing, I mean, we say this all the time, Mm -hmm. but truly we have to take inventory on what we watch and listen to. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that a rom-com is bad, but just be aware of what is shaping your desires. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much more I feel like we could say on this, but our time is out. Um, We we promised 10 minute Tuesday talks. We're pretty close to that. Um, So that's all the time that we have today. Um, Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm. And next week we'll be talking about friendship, which is sort of a great follow-up to this Mm -hmm. conversation. Um, And if you want to fill out the Google form that was attached in the email um, with your thoughts about what healthy friendships look like, that would be great. Until next week.